Hey guys, this is Crazy Juicy Love. If you're ready to change your life, your finances, and your love life, hiring a coach will dramatically give you results in any area that's important to you. This is season two of Crazy Juicy Love. Why hiring a coach will change your life. Welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. I'm so thrilled to have Layla of Standing Light Coaching. Uh, I Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> First of all, I love your outfits. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> it's like knit. I don't know what it is. It's like, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's, my yeah, thing it's is fun. white. Like, I love wearing white because for heart-to-table dinners, uh, mm-hmm. like... You know how like P Diddy has the whole white parties. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not inspired by that. I found out afterwards, but uh, I just it's it's you know it brings when we yeah white I feel is unity and that's why I love it. So it's kind of yeah, and it really goes of like your your uh, coaching business name standing yeah. lights yeah. and like even your Instagram is like very uh, right. light and fun and airy and just like just. I, call, I say it very, I think, I think of you as very angelic. Um, <laughs> so that's what I think when I see your, your work. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, tell me, and I, you know, for context, you know, I met Layla through Jennifer Butler. Hi, Jennifer. Thank <laughs> you for <laughs> recommending her. And um, so, you know, how did you even get into coaching? You know, what was your journey like? Mm-hmm. You know, did you know you wanted to be a coach? Like, what was your journey? <laughs> I don't think nobody knows they want to be a coach. Yeah, right? Is that like a profession people aspire to be? I don't think <laughs> so. Oh, no. So tell no, me. I mean, I, I grew up in a very um, big cultural household. My mom's from Lebanon. My dad's Swiss, but he grew up between Colombia and Venezuela. And I grew up in a small town in Switzerland with all these languages and cultures underneath one roof. And from a very early age on, I experienced bullying and, um, and what it, and I knew, I felt like I knew what it meant to feel different. Cause even though I was Swiss, technically I also wasn't cause in Switzerland, they didn't really fully accept me. And then when we moved to America, which is where I adopted my American accent, also here I was different. And so Mm. I feel like that propelled me at a very early age on to do the inner work and to go more internal, to work on finding myself because I had no other way, you know, there wasn't really anybody that really understood me or understood my journey because I wasn't really accepted in Switzerland, wasn't really accepted here. And, and I didn't know where home was. So I had to find home within at Mm. a very early age. And so I learned unconsciously completely until now I'm thinking back and I was like, Oh, that's how it happened. But (laughs) 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 okay. Thanks universe for setting me up this way. (laughs) But I, from a very early age on learned how to become my own healer, my own coach in a sense, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and reflect and work things out to, to just have enough courage to even just keep going to school and, and stand and, and keep doing what I wanted to do. And, um, and then also, even though I didn't feel like I fit in somehow figure out even in the slightest way, how to fit into my own self, even though there were crazy insecurities still Mm -hmm. going on, you know, within me. And so I moved, um, we moved from Switzerland to Arizona and then from, uh, Arizona, I moved to England for university and, while I was there, my idea of success was becoming a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. And I went and studied fashion. And while I was in the fashion industry, I realized while I was working for um, a designer, I r- rose very quickly within the company because I was, I had somehow garnered his trust and he put me as the backstage manager for a London for his London Fashion Week show. And I think I became like one of the youngest backstage uh, managers for London Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of responsibility, but I 
realized it was because I was really actually coaching him. And I was there tapping in and using my intuition to figure out what is best for him and therefore for the show and for the company and all all that comes along with it. So that shifted something in me, that experience. And at the same time that year, I had kind of my uh, dark night of the soul where everything mm-hmm. kind of crashed and came to an ending and I had to fi- find my way out through the ashes. And it made me question a lot of things. And it made me realize that A, I did not want to be in fashion anymore, mm. at least not in that manner. And B, I had to reawaken the power within myself and really align with my innate gifts and serve in that manner. So I actually moved to Los Angeles and began like two years of just self-development, healing, meditation. I mean, everything. I just dove straight in. And I call those two years in LA my limbo years because I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know (laughs) who I was. Like all the big questions, you know, were coming straight to the surface and I was faced with them and, and face and yeah, like face them heads head on. And, and then slowly but surely things started to distill. And I, in one of my meditations, just heard the name standing light and had no idea what it was, no idea what I was meant to do with it, but I knew it just lit a fire in me, like something mm-hmm. I had never experienced before. And I knew that that was something I had to move towards and move deeper into. And so I did. And I founded Standing Light LLC with absolutely no business plan, no idea what I was supposed to do, but I just knew I had to do it. And I just trusted that. And then slowly but surely got into coaching and got certified and and just took one step at a time and things just started flowing together. Wow. Wow. Where did you study? Well, I studied, uh, I became a certified health coach and then I studied with HeartMath and became a certified um, HeartMath resilience trainer. Mm -hmm. And that work propelled me deep into my ultimate mission work. And that's Mm -hmm. what I'm I'm doing now and focusing on. And that's the heart work. Mm. So I um, I help clients shift from their head into their heart through different methodologies that I've both um, learned and then also personally developed through my own practices and and kind of a blend of all the different things that I because I also went and spent time at a at Tignan Han's uh, Plum Village which is a mm-hmm. Zen Buddhist monastery wow. and I practiced uh, meditation and mindfulness there and learned about the art of letting go so that was like that's that is a huge influence in my work as well and then i also spent many many years in um focused in regression healing and parts therapy and inner child work so that also then influenced my work and so i i kind of ultimately honestly i just i use this intuitive source within i use the heart's intuition and guidance as my ultimate compass mm-hmm. um with each individual person that I work really just come into contact with and and then whatever I feel is called for in that moment I have like this toolbox that I can kind of you know pull from and and create powerful transformations through and with wow I mean I really love how you know taking from the head to the heart now we talked a lot a little bit about this before and, you know, why is that important, especially in today's society, like we, especially like with men, like how we're so in our heads, but really like, what does that allow us to do when we get out of our heads and like really start leading from the heart? Like mm. here, like, what does that, what does that really give us access to in, in life, in our lives? Exponential possibility. Mm. And I'll go deeper into that, of course. But um, you know, when we're 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 all of us, whether men or women, we're trained to be in here. Right. <laughs> we're conditioned to think logically. It's all about the power of the mind, and and there's nothing more powerful than the brain, right? And what most people don't know is that we actually have three brains. We've got this brain. We've got thousands of brain cells in the heart, and we've got brain cells in the gut. Mm. 
And when we learn to actually activate the brain, which scientists call the little brain of the heart. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, it's not little at all because energetically, actually, the the brain of the heart is a hundred thousand times more powerful electrically than the mm. brain in the head and it's five thousand times more powerful magnetically than the mm. brain in the head so wow. the this the heart power is genuinely our greatest power and when we learn how to fuel it with gratitude and compassion we are literally creating our activating our own electromagnetic field that is so exponentially filled with uh, potential. It's it's something that we're just beginning to scratch the surface on. Mm. So when we, yeah. You so I'm, just, I'm just curious, like, uh, how do you take your clients? Like, you know, can you tell me like through, uh, I guess maybe a recent client, like how, mm-hmm. because a lot of people we stay stuck in our heads just like what you just described mm-hmm. and so i'm just curious to share with the audience of like you know what are some of the things that people usually deal with in their head and how do you like what is the shift that happens like when you like when does it click for them and then they start to really access that because i know sometimes that through broken relationships trauma that people don't want to access that right you know it's terrifying (laughs) yeah it's terrifying you know and i i deal with this all the time like i like i always i always hear this question well i don't want to get hurt again in a relationship Mm -hmm. i was like well i'm sorry (laughs) that's just the other side of the coin like Mm -hmm. you know it's it's it comes with it but it's how you view Mm -hmm. it back and really shift you know it's an opportunity to grow rather than Oh, this might hurt me. So right. I'm just curious, like, how do you work with clients to get them out of their head? Like, what, what, what is the process? If you can share a little yeah. bit of like shifting them into that that heart center. Sure. I I work with um. I, I developed a three phase transformation process mm-hmm. where okay. first we begin. I literally grab their hand and we go way back. We go mm-hmm. into the shadow work. Mm. And, and that's where all the scary juiciness is. And mm. that's where most people don't want to go, especially by themselves, because it's a matter of facing the man in the mirror or the right. woman in the mirror and, and really taking inventory of, yep. of what the blocks are, what the fears are, and how to even get there in the first place is, is just holding the space, mm-hmm. and helping them understand that I don't care if it's a relationship, if it's a work environment, I, or or even like a trauma. It, it can be anything, and I've worked with everything. You know, mm-hmm. as long as we know that it's just like it's almost it, it's it's a story that we've made up. Right, right. And yes, it has happened to us, and mm-hmm. yes, quite possibly it's horrible, but. Do we want to stay in that belief mm-hmm. or do we want to have the courage to transcend that yeah. and move past it and become our own heroes and become our own warriors yeah. and, and go through it with resilience and courage and power and strength. And and that might be daunting at first, but when we have that space holder, that guide, because I, I needed them for sure. You know, I've had, I work with so many coaches and healers of all variations. And I know that if I didn't have them, I, I don't know if I'd be (laughs) right here, right here with you, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and that we're here for that. We're here to help shepherd each other forward into our highest potential to create the greatest potential on this planet together. Mm. And so, so I, I, we go, we go deep into the shadow work and, and we face it heart on and, and I, and I hold space and it's, it's epic what happens when we, when we get to face our biggest shadows and our biggest fears. And, and the shadow work is like looking at your past, looking at the things that hurt you, yes. all those like juicy little things. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's, it's the limiting beliefs. It's the trauma. It's the, Mm. 
you know, I mean, for me, um, one of them, and, and this is a little bit more superficial, but a lot of women I know relate with this because I, I, I suffered for so many years with an emotional eating disorder mm. and I had crazy, you know, body dysmorphia. And I was, I mean, every thought that was connected to my body was horrible, really not nice, you know? And if anybody, if any human said any, <laughs> even just an, a percentage of, you know, that thought that I was thinking of myself to my face, those people would have probably, I don't know, you know, been beaten up or something because it was really nasty thoughts about myself. And what were some of those thoughts? Oh my gosh. Like, you know, all the, like, I'm everything from like as basic, not basic, but like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so muscular. I'm so fat. Like, like I should not have the booty that I have for like (laughs) European or like, it was just like, you know, where does this, come from you know i don't look like the average like american blonde girl and Mm. um i have curves and it doesn't make sense and you know especially when we moved to america i mean it was like i had curly hair i had a butt i had curves and it was like i was an alien basically to to Mm. the average girl i went to school with and i got teased for it and i i just felt horrible about myself. I just felt like I wasn't worth it. I wasn't good enough. My, I just didn't fit in in all ways, not including my body. Um, but once I realized, you know, that I'm actually really strong and now, you know, it's all the rage to have curves and, um, it, it, it took a while to get there, but it was, and, and what was worse was the, the actions that those thoughts caused, which was this, Mm horrible relationship to food Mm. and it was it was toxic and I would use it like a drug and wow I could not I mean I would yeah I would binge eat I would uh I could not wait when I was in in a public environment eating I could not wait to go home to just eat everything I possibly could and I would so you wouldn't eat in public no I would I would but I wouldn't enjoy it because I just felt like all I wanted to do was like binge eat. And Mm. so I couldn't wait to go back and be in my own space to then just eat without anybody looking at me and thinking that they were judging me, which Mm. they wouldn't, but that just was the constant dialogue that was going on in my head. And, um, yeah, because from a very early age on, I, I was in the national team of Switzerland for rhythm gymnastics. I was always an athlete. I was, you know, I beat the girls, you know, hundred meter at every school I went to in track, and and I was a born athlete, and mm-hmm. I was really good at it. But the power that my body gave me, the strength and the resilience, I was hating on it, and mm. it was like my biggest nightmare. Wow. So I, yeah, that was it was a big chunk of my life, and it it's what actually made me go into. Um, inner child healing and and parts therapy to actually realize what that part, my fat part Mm -hmm. was, um, was actually there to help me through. Wow. I mean, what you're saying and you're pointing to is like, you know, a lot of us don't realize that the self-deprecating language that we go through really hinders us and really destroys us. And sometimes we even recognize that it's even with Mm -hmm. us that we're actually doing it. It's doing us a disservice. Yeah. Uh, it was doing you a, a, a huge disservice and in, in, in causing shame. Yeah. You know, um, and 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 it stemmed something somewhere in your childhood. And I'm curious of like when you when you saw that moment that triggered that happened to you. Mm-hmm. Like, what was the awakening for you? So you mean like when I went back and realized like what the source cause was? Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure we want to go there because this is a little bit next level? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what? Well, that's I mean, because people don't know that there's a next like the awakening from that and what's on the other side. They're just dealing yeah. with it. 
you know, yeah. For sure. And and I don't mind sharing this, but it really, for a lot of people, this is a little bit out there and it freaks them out because, and I, so where I'm going with this is um, the way I actually was able to, everybody has their own healing methodology, I believe. Yeah. And especially when it comes to something like um, an addiction or, or um, a disorder in a sense, um, I truly believe we've got to find the source of it. Right. And I always, always knew that, right? And I tried everything. I really genuinely, I mean, I even, you know, I became a certified health coach. I, 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 I really went into the work, but it still was this daunting thing that had mm. control over me. Mm. And I, and I would have regular breakdowns over it. And then finally I just was done. And I was actually back home in Switzerland my family had moved back to Switzerland for those who are keeping track of where I'm living. Um, <laughs> and I was visiting back home and I had a full blown like breakdown and my mom couldn't handle it anymore. And she said, why don't you go to this hypnotherapist? So I did. And I thought this is perfect. I'm going to go to this hypnotherapist and in like one session, I'm going to lose 50 pounds and be skinny <laughs> again. Cause he's going to hypnotize me and I'm never going to want to look at food again or something crazy, you know? I didn't know what I was about to get myself into and I didn't even know what this was. So that's why I wanted to give a little precursor because um, for me, my source was actually not even in this lifetime. It was a memory and an experience that went, that happened actually in, in my past life. Mm. And I carried it through, I carried the trauma through into this lifetime and only going back to that source point was I able to realize the source cause. Wow. And yeah, so I, I write, I'm writing my book right now and I'm taught and I talk, go into that story because it's, it's, it's scary, crazy, powerful. Like, like past life regression. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. I mean, it's a real thing. I, I met a girl when I was in college. She, was very built she, she she did a lot of um i think bodybuilding but she knew that in her past life she was a black man how she was killed she was killed by a gun she can like she can describe it to the yeah. t yeah. and i was like and i knew another girl with the same thing and i was like holy crap yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like and they can piece these little things in their life that yeah. came from that past life regression that was still right. hanging around in their life but they were able but they knew from I'm not sure how they how they even found out but it, it really helped them heal the part of them that needed to be healed because they they, they weren't in that dance in that conversation anymore yeah. they weren't chasing that that nightmares anymore because a lot of them were having nightmares mm -hmm. and they didn't know why they were having nightmares mm -hmm. but once they got to the source of it it was oh, okay Mm -hmm. Now I can deal with it. This has nothing to do with me. I'm not going to die or anything like that. Right. So I'm curious, like when you found that past life regression source, like how did that even shift? Like, like there was an acceptance or like, what was it for you? At first it was shock. Cause I, <laughs> I didn't even understand. I thought I had completely lost my mind <laughs> 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 to be frank. And, um, and then it took me, I ended up spending almost seven years focused on past life regression and parts therapy, wow. healing, healing through that. Because once that gateway opened up to me where I realized, and I, I had personally, you know, I grew up very spiritual. I mean, my, my mom grew up during the war in Lebanon. She saw people burning on crosses in the name of religion. So wow. She raised us saying, you know what? Like we're all one be kind to everybody. You can mm. believe, you know, in, you pray to whatever you want to, but pray because prayer is so powerful. It's the most powerful form of energy if it's directed, you know, from your heart. And, and so we grew up, you know, with, with every, yeah, very spiritual. And so I always believed in, in past lives or parallel lives. You know, some people think it's different, but anyway, I, and so, but I didn't understand really that mm -hmm. it could apply so potently in this lifetime what what had happened in your past life until i re until i experienced it myself and so 
when I went through that experience, it took a, it took a little unraveling and, and integration and continued work. And what I have found now in that discovery is that it, it all comes back to the heart because mm-hmm. the since I've been studying the power of the heart and the science of the heart and, and its history as well, I also learned, and this, this is very known knowledge, but the ancient Egyptians, when they mummified a body, they threw out all the organs within except for the heart. Mm, wow. And that's because the heart is where the soul lives. It's the seat of the soul. Mm, and oh. it's where all of our memories are stored. And so in the ancient Egyptians' belief, they believed that, you know, the body was going to go on to the afterlife and it needed its heart that stored all the memories from all the other lifetimes in order to go on to the next life, to the afterlife, to heaven, whatever it may be, right? And I mean, you see this even throughout, you know, research that has been done on heart transplants where when a person receives a heart that isn't his or her own they adopt habits and and um uh yeah habits that actually belong to the other person wow i didn't know that yeah so it's it's fascinating and that is what actually also then just even deepened my own study and awareness and understanding of the power of the heart because I realized that all of it is stored in here. All of mm. it, my, my m- multiple past and parallel lives and every single memory and experience that I have gone through in this lifetime as well. And so if we don't do the heart work, we will forever be stuck in a loop and a pattern that we're unconscious of why it actually is happening to us instead mm. of realizing that it's actually happening for us if we just had the courage to drop from our head and the heaviness of the logic into the expansive possibility of the heart and just be here for a minute and Mm. experience that epic potential within us. Wow. I love, love, love that. Wow. Wow. So talk to me about, um, is, I know on all of your website you have you know this divine masculinity and divine you know femininity. It's like you know I was just talking about this with you know Mike Savage and he's like a lot of people don't understand that we both have this energies oh. and how do you you know talk about this with your clients and how, and and how do you have them understand that they have this energy and I know you were talking about like how you're working with like female CEOs and stuff like that like how they can how they can use this to their advantage their feminine energy so talk to me about like how do you coach from that place and teach people how to use that to their advantage right so first we've got to identify the different parts within us right Mm -hmm. and so what uh what we need to understand is both we have both masculine and feminine within us we have both a mind and a heart and a lot of other things, of course, but just to keep it concise to and to that, the mind is the masculine expression of who we are. Mm. It's the logic, it's the survival, it's the um, the it's the framework, and it it's it's also reason, and it helps us make sense of certain things. It's also duality and polarity. So that's what what has kept us alive because it's kept mm. us in the survival mode, right? And we need that. But we don't need it as much anymore because we're not cavemen running away from tigers, you know, terrified for our lives. We're much more in a much more safe environment nowadays. And when we learn to also use the divine feminine heart power and we combine them into deep coherence, that's when we're really acting from Mm. our full potential. So the heart and the divine feminine is how we experience. It's the quality of life. It's the intuition and it's the creativity. And so when we marry the two and we help them work together, that's 
that's power. That's wow. true embodied self-empowerment. Wow. And it's not about, you know, I mean, for the most part, people think like this is intelligence and this is emotion and that's like it, right? And there's so much more to all of our parts within us. And I love to help guide people into this awareness of how to activate your inner intelligence so mm. that you can become your own in a sense, like instead of like, you know, www dot what whatever it may be, like, <laughs> you are your own worldwide wisdom. And like, go I'm ahead. Saying, like, like what when they, when we access that, like, what does that really give us? <laughs> like, I, you're you tap into literally the the worldwide web from mm. within your heart, and when you're tapped into that. Um, I, I always I, like I, I share this with clients that we are the most intelligent devices ever designed. Right. And when we realize how to activate our inner intelligence, we we tap into the universal codes that mm. usually are just unaccessible. And in order to tap into the universal codes that are in the collective field at all times, we are just operating from logic in a pol polarized experience and we're just constantly going back and forth is this good or bad is this right or wrong is this whatever it may be right instead of getting out of or, or not just not out of the mind but distilling the logic mm. into the space of the power of the heart to let the logic move mm. and discern the wow. quality of the survival mm. wow i love that so how how do you tap into your divine femininity and masculinity uh, i mean i have a, i have a daily practice of mm. course and and there are moments also where i need to show up more in my masculine and then there's moments where i have to show up more in my feminine and then there's moments where i have to really work on harmonizing them and showing mm. up in some graceful ninja manner right and, and so i what I do on a daily basis is I, I, I'll, we need to give ourselves space because most of the time we're just constantly, first of all, we're conditioned to be up here and live from this space all day, every day. Mm. And we never give ourselves the time to just sit and listen. Mm. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> the truth. Yes. The truth. <laughs> and so when, when I, what I, what I share with clients is I don't care if it's, even just your taxi or Uber drive or your subway drive, like mm. whatever space and time you get to just plug out, to plug in, do that and give mm. that time to yourself to just tap in. Yeah. And, and, a, and a really powerful tool is the power of touch. And so when you put your hand in whatever, I mean, you know, you can do this, you can just do one hand, you can do this and just put that there. So, so well, the podcast, you got to explain it with your hand. Oh, gosh, sorry. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> We're filming, so I'm confused. I'm like... <laughs> okay, so um, what did I just do? So, I, uh, so the power of touch, right? You want to put your hands in any formation. So you can put both, the, like, your right palm on top of your left palm placed over your heart. You can put just one hand and one palm over your heart. You can... I don't know what you would call this for like hand, but just like, yeah, I don't know what that's called. Maybe like, or you can just put like your index finger and your middle yeah. finger on your heart, you know, and um, like whatever feels comfortable to you. Cause there's no right way. Just as right. long as you bring your physical touch, which then brings your awareness to the space that you're touching. Yeah. That's the, that's the idea that we want to remember, right. Is just bringing the touch to the heart to bring our awareness to the heart. And then when you're there and believe me like even if you're in public like when you start looking at how people interact and how they move their hands you'd be surprised how many people actually just place their hands or or move them around their heart so it's mm. you're not going to look like a total weirdo just right. fyi <laughs> um so just you know close your eyes put your hands or hand on your heart and just begin to deepen your breath and take a few moments of silence and shift your awareness slowly but surely down into the space of your heart. Mm. And from that space, begin to become aware of like 
the chatter or the thoughts or emotions that are going on in your body. Mm. And anything that's going on, if it's like, if you can feel that your mind is like super active and it's like heavy and just like wiring back and forth and, you know, lighting up, just take another deep breath and let it ease and sink in to stillness and bring the ease into the space of the heart and try to let go of whatever it is that you're thinking of, you know? So even that practice um, on a daily basis of literally wiring your body to bring its awareness over and over and over again into the brain and the intelligence and into the intuition of the heart. When you apply that on a daily basis, it starts to become second nature, just like any other muscle. It's so interesting you say that because I don't know, I started doing that. I don't know why I started doing that before I go to bed. I I start to place my hand on my heart and I'll say, I love you, Jimmy. Oh my gosh. I love you so much for saying that. That's, you do that? Yes. That's one of the most powerful practices. And I always feel this tremendous calm yeah. come over me. And I remember the first time I did it, I don't know why I did it. It was just an intuition. Just like, well, just do it. Like, what's going to what's gonna happen? And I was like, oh, I, I like my... the. The thoughts of my mind stopped, they calmed down, my body calmed down, and I felt this like sense of like peace with myself. And I was like, oh, I think I'm gonna do this every night now. And it's so rewarding, even like what you just said too. Like, I tell you that practice of like stopping, even today, I was like, today has been a crazy coaching day. And I had to literally, when I was outside, stop at this bench, take off my headphones, put my phone away and just like touch my heart and just sit. Mm-hmm. And like, and it's like, I mean, maybe you can talk a little bit more. Like it's such a visceral reaction, mind and body, when you just simply place your hand over your heart and connect. And for me, it's just, I mean, because I'm, I have a practice of doing it so much, but it's just like, like almost an instant, like calm. Yes, and that's actually what's actually that's actually what's happening in your body physically. And um, the there's been studies where you know people have been. I I actually have gone through through the heart <laughs> math training where they literally hook you up to um, a heart rate variability monitor, and they put up your uh, HRV literally in front of the whole classroom and your <laughs> and your heart rate variability is like, you know, it's like going in front of everybody. And then they give you some crazy question like, Layla, count backwards from 200. And like the HRV just spikes up. <laughs> and especially me, like I, I have dys, um, dyslexia with numbers. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean that you could not have asked me a worse question. <laughs> I went into full blown fight or flight mode and I thought I was my life was gonna end <laughs> and my heart my heart showed that right because it was up, it was spiking up through the roof okay and you can see that like it literally has like a red zone an orange zone and then a green zone and and the idea is to get your heart rate variability back into the green zone which is ease and mm. it's a state of calmness right so how do you do that? And you do that by one really powerful practice is to literally just place your hand on your heart and begin taking deep breaths and starting to come into a place of ease again. It's like, it's like, I want to do it. Yeah, it's infectious, right? (laughs) It's just, I mean, this is home. This is how we connect. This is where bonding happens. This is where true vulnerability takes place and transcends Mm. us, you know? And when we're in that space of the heart, I mean, there's no more powerful space, you know? And as you shared, like before we got on the call that, you know, your other um, podcaster just went straight into vulnerability. I mean, that's because he tapped into heart and you guys were conversing heart to heart. You were both connected in the power of the heart space. Mm. And that's the magic and the juiciness that happens when we have the courage to just come into our 
home center. And it's, you know, there's no coincidences in life. And if you know and understand the chakra systems, like we've got seven, well, we've got way more than seven, but the main known chakras that are in most of the pictures that's, you know, on cards at shops um, are the seven chakras. And the center chakra is the heart. So even just that coming into center, you know, it's core power as well. And we think of core power as like the abs and the abdomen, but really like when you are in center in your home base of the heart in your center point, that's where you're really in. I don't like to say balance, but that's when you're in harmony. Mm. That's when you're in coherence, not just with yourself, but moreover, when you're, because when you're actually, yeah, not just with yourself, because when you're in your own self coherence and harmon- harmonic expression, you then are expressing that into your field. And mm. that's how people then see you and experience you. Mm, wow. So what, what, what brings you joy about coaching? Oh, that's such a big and beautiful question (laughs) you know I think when when I see a client and really I mean this is even when I just get to have a conversation with somebody I mean this is just human to human you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's not even about coaching because ultimately my work is is as a heart healer and to help really help people tap back into the power within and realize how powerful they really truly are mm. and reinstate the power within them. And when I can just literally hand their power t- back mm. to them and see that glimmer in their eyes, and it's 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 almost like the purity of when a child has one of its like, you know, joyful moments and they're just in pure glee Mm. that there's like that light that they exude again it's like that spark you know and and I guess that's also why standing light in and of itself the name came to me because I when I can see another fellow human standing in their full embodied light and completely aware of it as well there is there's no greater gift like that is just Yeah. yeah, that's that's so beautiful. Like I I I, I totally feel you when you're <clears throat> when you see the person you're coaching and they're really standing in their, in their light. And you know, for example, like a girl I just started coaching. She had no relationship, and I ran into her recently. She's like, "Oh, by the way, I have a boyfriend." And I was like. Mm-hmm. Like she had no prospects two, three weeks ago. And I was like, you what? Like, I'm not like down there, but like she was like in this sort of like between spaces. And we we canceled our call today. She's like, well, I just want to just enjoy this this juicy man that I'm with. And I was like, I was was like, oh my God, this has happened so fast. I'm so proud. I said, said, girl, I want to hear about this on the next call. I can't wait. But, but that moment when somebody hires you for the thing that they want and they're in it Mm -hmm. and it's like, and you've seen them thriving and being happy. It's like, and adding more light to the world is just like, there is for me there's no greater joy than knowing that you've shined more light in the world yeah you know amen (laughs) (laughs) exactly that's that's really it it's um it's about lifting all of us and forwards you know and i i truly believe no matter how i don't know in the dark somebody may be I truly believe no matter what there is a light within every single soul yeah, yeah. and it's just right. a matter of really like breaking through those shadows and 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 letting them fall to the side and in a loving way because they were there for a purpose they served a purpose and not hating on them and 
letting them become our greatest uh, feats and and helping guide us into our highest light. Yeah, 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 yes. So we're coming towards the end, and I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I ask everybody towards the end. So what does a life of love mean to you? Oh, my gosh. A life of love is the highest aspiration for any human. Mm. And I feel that that's what we're all here for. And when we come into our own self-love, first and foremost, because that's the number one relationship we've got to nurture, that then becomes the example of how love shows up for us as well. Yeah. And that is just, yeah, the greatest aspiration. And I have so many visions of, you know, how that will look in the future and then how I've already manifested it to be here and now. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it's powerful when we activate that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So how do you get out of your way how do you get how do you get out of your own way as a coach? Getting out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will and I I mean the, the hardest, you know, I'm actually going to say for a long time I struggled in coaching because I'm an empath and I would take on all my clients mm. and not just my clients but like anyone I came into contact with, I would completely embody their own stuff Mm. and make it my own and it would drain me and exhaust me and by the end of the day I just I couldn't even function anymore wow so that was a huge practice for me getting out of my own way in a sense was more getting into my own self Mm. and activating my own unconditional love and my own light so that I was standing and anchored deep enough in my own light and awareness so that I would be aware if something was coming towards me and I was about to take it on as my own and I would have enough awareness and resilience to say, oh no, that's not mine. I'm, I'm holding space for you. I honor you so much. I love you so much, but this isn't my stuff. And obviously I wasn't sharing this out loud, but like I, I had that inner dialogue going through me for a while so that I could break through that and not take on all the stuff and be exhausted by the end of the day. And, and realize that by not taking on everyone's stuff, I could serve much greater Right. Because as a coach, I find like you're, that's so important because I find not only you're, if you're giving, because you're giving so much of yourself and you're holding such a big space for people and then to take on their stuff off of the call, yeah. it's like, <laughs> like weights holding you down. Yeah, and you feel responsible. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's no joke. It's, it's heavy work. It, really it is, is heavy work. And yeah. then you've got to learn how to lighten our field up. And it's, it's like taking a shower on a daily basis. You know, you've got to right. take inventory of like, okay, what is mine? No, this doesn't, belong to <laughs> right. me. this doesn't belong to me either. That's their stuff. Okay. You know, clearing the space, yeah, right. light some sage, whatever you got to do. Take a bath. <laughs> right. <laughs> and come back into your own home base. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, so what does a juicy love life looks like to you? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> a juicy love life for me is being in authentic sacred union with a partner where trust is just thriving. And I I heard the most beautiful quote, and I might completely misquote it right now, but it, it was something along the lines of true love is when one soul loves another and the other soul's love is completely um, in recept- was it uh, receiving 
of that love and you come into it really a sacred union and a harmonious flow and trust is the foundation and mm. you are in your wholehearted integrity knowing mm. that no matter what comes your way because a lot will come your way when you are in such a powerful expression of love when two souls come together and they bond there's nothing more powerful and mm. and and you're going to be tested yeah because it's um it's part of this human experience. You know, yeah. how deep is your love? Not to be corny, right. but really. <laughs> <laughs> there are songs talk about that. I know. It's a purpose. <laughs> <deep. Yeah. laughs> so really, yeah, letting, letting, yeah, the, the trust has to be the foundation. And, and then knowing that you, you can s- s- rely and own your own, like you rely on yourself, but be open enough and courageous enough to also be in that divine feminine, both the male and the female, right? Or both males, whichever combination, it doesn't even matter that you both have enough courage to be both in, in the like epic warrior mind power together, but also in the epic experience and um, creativity of the flow together as well. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, So where can people find you online? And do you have any other events coming up? Yeah, so you can find me at standinglight.com. And then my YouTube channel is also Standing Light. um, And Instagram is also Standing Light. And if you wanna follow me personally on on Instagram, it's at Leila Salvade. And then I... Can you spell it? Yes, it's at L-E-Y-L-A-S-A-L-V-A-D-E. Yes, thank you. And then Standing Light is S-T-A-N-D-I-N-G-L-I-G-H-T. And and, um, I'm so happy that this has happened. And just want to just acknowledge you just for you being a vessel of light you know, like representing that and I, it's so clear thank you and you know even from the beginning of the podcast that when I said angelic being like you, you really like getting to know you has really represent that light for other people and I just know that your clients just get to shine their light because of you you because you are in the world Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. That really touches me. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Hey guys, this is Crazy Juicy Love. If you're ready to change your life, your finances, and your love life, hiring a coach will dramatically give you results in any area that's important to you. This is season two of Crazy Juicy Love. Why hiring a coach will change your life. Hey guys, are you ready to call in your one? Are you ready to become wildly magnetic to the partner that you deserve and start creating that crazy, juicy love? Well, I am offering a discount package when you listen to this podcast. So when you listen to this podcast, you follow me on Instagram, you DM me and say, you listen to this podcast, and I will offer you a discount on a seven-week session. Crazy Juicy Love.